What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, looking suave today with a jacket on the program. I'm trying to take it up a notch in 2024. I'm 36 years old. It's time to start acting like it, dressing like it. But I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> See, you didn't maintain the illusion. I want people to be, I want to be, I'm a journalist. I have to be completely transparent here. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that because journalists and journalism is going to be a big topic on today's show. A member of the 49ers beat has written something that has honestly kind of changed the way I'm looking at this off season. Maybe I'm making way too much out of it. And if I am, you can tell me and we can have that discussion. But given who this person is and what they're saying, I was kind of taken aback, honestly, by what what he put out there. So we'll get into all of that. I just want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like, subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel and Grant Cohn's YouTube channel as well. All right, let's get right into it, Grant. Mike Silver has a column in the San Francisco Chronicle right now. And given who Mike is and his ties to the team, I take what he says pretty seriously. So let me throw it up on the screen for people that are watching. It's on our, I uh, paraphrased it on our website, goldstandardniners.com. Mike Silver's article, which you should definitely go read in the Chronicle. Not now, this is our time. He writes, quote, in theory, head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch can reckon with their overtime defeat in Super Bowl 58, make some hard choices designed to keep the team competitive for years to come and force feed recent draft picks into the lineup to see if they've got what it takes. But what's the fun in that? More likely, Shanahan and Lynch will fight through their shared trauma, get off the mat and come out swinging, something that could lead to aggressive moves in the draft and free agency and result in potential trades. Make no mistake. With star quarterback Brock Purdy on a rookie deal and a rapidly rising salary cap, the Niners are in it to win it once more in 2024. Any of that surprise you? Any of that jump out to you? Or you think that's pretty boilerplate stuff? I like Mike Silver. I think it's a fairly boilerplate guess. I think it's a good guess. Maybe he knows something. But this is a team that traded a third-round pick for Chase Young at the deadline. They were trying to make that move, and Chase Young wasn't that move. But they're not just going to give up and be like, oh, well, let's just let Drake Jackson play. Forget it. Okay. Like, actually, we don't need a defensive end. No, I think they're going to actually keep making aggressive moves because, as Mike Silver pointed out, this is kind of the last year of the window. It doesn't mean they're going to fall off after this year, but this is such a prime year. Brock's still making $900,000. Make a move now. And, you know, the older core is only getting older. So it would make sense to make a big move right now. Don't you agree? I would agree completely. In fact, I don't think there's ever a bad time to make a big move. Keep doing it. And if you look at the history of this organization, that's what they have done under Lynch and Shanahan. They traded for Trent Williams. They traded up to the third pick in the draft. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. They ain't scared of making a big move. But what if this offseason, the big move is not necessarily acquiring a big star. It's trading a big star. And the reason I say that, let's go back to the article from Mike Silver. Quote, tough decisions may be coming, possibly involving productive veterans who played a big role in the franchise's recent run of success. They have a better sense, Shanahan and Lynch, of which valued veterans might already be declining. Some of them in ways most of us can't necessarily see. It's easy for me to say that top of the market standouts, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Eric Armstead, and Javon Hargrave should be part of any effort to run it back. However, 
Shanahan and Lynch need to be honest about what the film showed. Sometimes elite football players fall off quickly and precipitously. If the coach and the GM believe that applies to any of these players or to younger but well-worn stars like Debo, Christian McCaffrey, or Dre Greenlaw, they need to act accordingly and try to find something better. According to organization sources, many tough conversations are already being contemplated. Mm. Does any of that jump out to you? I mean, yeah. Go scroll up again. All right. Scroll up. Okay. Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Greenlaw. Greenlaw, obviously, he tore his Achilles. They absolutely need another linebacker. They need another linebacker before Greenlaw went down. Losing Aziz Alshayer hurt their defense. Yes. But those two, I mean, McCaffrey, let's not be sentimental here. He's a running back. He's going to be 28. He's had a lot of touches in his career. You'd be foolish to think that he's just going to keep chugging along at this pace for much longer. So you got to prepare for the future there. And then Debo Samuel, like, yeah. The only reason not to trade Debo is his contract. Uh, and if that's the only re- reason not to trade him, then you really got to look at, like, what is he bringing to this team right now? And I think it's less and less and less every year. He's still a threat to take it to the house on any play, but, like, can't get open. He doesn't run hard if he doesn't have the ball. He's a screen specialist. So it's, I mean, it's encouraging to, to think that the Niners are at least being honest about him. Uh, in particular. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. We don't, you know, this is just Mike Silver going for clicks and all that stuff. But just just consider, Mike Silver is very tied into this organization. He covered the team during the glory years. He's known Kyle Shanahan since Kyle was 15 years old. He's very tight. He's very tight with Mike Shanahan. And he covered John Lynch when John Lynch was a player in the NFL. This isn't just... Anybody saying this, this isn't a random 49ers content creator. No disrespect to content creators. Obviously, I am one of them. But my point is, this is somebody whose word carries a lot of weight, at least with me. And he's talking about potentially moving off some big names. Debo's listed twice, for God's sake. Can I just say something real quick, though, before we before we um, I like Mike Silver a lot and I understand the industry. And let's go back. Let's bring it back up. Bring it back up. Let's 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 look at how we worded things. So he goes, according to organization sources, scroll down a little bit, many tough conversations are already being contemplated. Okay, so I, I believe that some organization sources told him that many tough conversations are being contemplated. And then the previous paragraph, the way he worded it, I would think is his speculation. It could be. Or they just told him everything off the record and he just put, a, I don't think he would do that. To me, knowing how people work, if you get a bunch of juicy stuff, you're going to, you're going to be really excited about it and you're not going to keep it to yourself. And when you have stuff, you put it out there. That's the way I look at it. So I think he put out what he got and then there's nothing wrong with filling in the, the rest with your expertise because you are, you have been covering the freaking league for 30 something years. That's the way I look at it. If, if this was sourced, he put it, he did have something sourced. So this to me is his speculation. And I think it's, very smart speculation. Mike Silver is very smart. He knows what he knows the context. I would make the same assumptions, but just because he mentions Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Dre Greenlaw, doesn't necessarily mean someone told him those three names. I just want to put that out there. I think he would say the same thing. He didn't present it that way. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they're all gonna definitely move off of For these sure. guys. Um, but I just, you know, I thought it was fascinating. Like organizational sources, quote unquote 49ers don't leak. Yes, they do. Um You know, that's not like some lower level scout. Mike Silver has access to the highest levels of the organization. You know, I, I, this carries a lot of weight with me and it makes me wonder, are they going to move up in the first round of the draft? 
Could could they package one of these stars in a deal potentially? I don't know. You know, I've heard about Shanahan that he's very much more like a Bill Belichick when it comes to players. Like he's he's willing to if you can't serve the organization anymore, we'll get rid of you. Um, and we haven't really seen that with the Niners because they've been building, 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 building. They've always been adding. So will they be as aggressive in getting off of some of their stars as they have been in acquiring them? Well, I, again, I'm, I'm going back to the names that Silver listed. They're interesting. Put Greenlaw to the side. McCaffrey and Devo, those are supposed to be the stars of the offense. I mean, they got every opportunity to take over the, the Super Bowl. How many touches, how many targets did Debo get? How many, how many carries did Debo get? How many, what percentage of the offensive plays went to those two guys in the game? And what do they do with those opportunities? Not a lot. So I could see the Niners, if they're really being honest about why they couldn't get over the hump, maybe they're thinking, you know, we got to move on. Maybe this is Ayuk's team now. Maybe this isn't, maybe Debo's now become a supporting player. Maybe McCaffrey's better in a, in a, in a rotation. And these guys are being paid to be the focal points of our offense. Maybe we need to – I mean, they say they want to say, say the same on defense. Maybe they need to make some changes on offense. You have this really good quarterback. You have this really good wide receiver. Maybe evolve and get some pass protection and freaking put it – like bomb the ball down the field. I'm just saying. Make, make it Brock's team. Yeah. Make it quarterback-centered, not running right. back-centered or wide receiver Because when you traded for McCaffrey, who was your quarterback? Jimmy. That's right. And when you and when you draft a Debo, who's your quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just got to those, those guys are sort of like Jimmy Crutches. Hey, Jimmy, we know like you sort of play this position at a remedial level, but we're going to make it easy on you. You don't need to do that for Christian, for uh, Brock Purdy. And it's interesting because John Lynch was just at the combine yesterday. He just spoke and I thought he said something really interesting. One of the last questions in the press conference was about Brock Purdy and just the fact that for the first time, as I could try to bring it up here, for the first time, basically in their tenure, the quarterback situation is kind of settled. And listen to what Lynch said. The first full year as a starter, coming off the injury, we're past that. And it uh, just gives you a lot of confidence going in. And, and now it's like kind of building around him. And, and that, that's, uh, it gives you a foundation to build off of. And that, that is a, a really good feeling, a settling feeling. Yeah. Build around your quarterback, and maybe the, the 49ers realize that they can reshape this offense, and now is the time to do it. Maybe this year was like a prove-it year for Brock, and, and in their eyes, he proved it. I mean, he was so much better in the Super Bowl than Jimmy Garoppolo was. You can trust him. He makes good decisions. I mean, he did have a – we were talking about the interceptions for a while, but he didn't do anything like that in the Super Bowl. You want to go empty backfield all the time? Then give him uh, an offensive line. No offense to the people they got there. I feel like there are a lot of young guys on the offensive line who have improved. But, um, again, they're like run-blocking specialists who are there for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you really, really want to commit to passing, then you got to have some bigger investments on the offensive line. And don't just pour all your investments into defensive line. Did you hear what Lynch said about – he was literally asked, hey, will you – use a high draft pick on an interior offensive lineman for the first time ever in your tenure. Stay tuned. Just watch. Stay tuned. Four words tuned. from Lynch. And I That's thought it was why. probably the most telling answer that he gave, which good. Yuck, yes, please do that. But I, I don't know when I, when I read that silver, the quotes from silver, like jumped out at me. I felt like he was screaming at me, basically saying like, this team is going to make some moves this off season. 
maybe it doesn't mean getting rid of guys, but maybe it just means adding guys. Like they're going to take another big swing this off season. And I got to tell you, it got me a little excited. It should. I mean, they should have the green light from the Yorks. What, what, what are the Yorks trying to save money now? They're printing money. This is the most interesting team in the NFL. Right. So keep going for it. And again, you can sort of rebuild in a year or two. Once you give Brock Purdy a big contract extension, if you give Brock Purdy a big contract extension, the whole structure of the salary cap will change for the Niners, and then you'll make changes then. But right now, I mean, you've committed so long to this core, like five years. Don't stop now. You just got Javon Hargrave. Like, don't blink now. So, yeah, go out and get one more guy or two more guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they make some big swings. And the Niners go into the season as Super Bowl favorites. <laughs> and by December, everyone's convinced they got it. I don't know. Is Javon Hargrave a guy that they maybe cut? Post June 1st, his cap hit would be 14.7. That's a lot of money. He is 31 years old. If they traded him post June 1st, his cap hit's only 5.8. I don't know. I don't think so. Not this year. I the think they're going to run it back one more time. I don't think they're going to get rid of anyone big this year, man. Who is the, the veteran that Silver mentions who may be dropping off that Shanahan and Lynch can tell but maybe we can't i mean to me that screams debo samuel i think everyone can tell how about george kittle <laughs> yeah how about like, george kittle how about I mean, george he, kittle it's george kittle had a really good year if you yeah. look at his stats from the regular season he has not fallen off but he didn't get targets in the super bowl kyle wasn't calling his number so maybe kyle felt man this just isn't a kittle game and i don't know why he felt that way but maybe that's what they're talking about he's going to be 31 in a few months too and I mean, he had already talked. And about- Lynch was talking about you needing uh, two tight ends at the at the press conference yesterday as well. I, I just, man, I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe Kyle realizes or has confidence now after seeing what he saw from Brock. We can make this team about the quarterback now and we can begin that transition. And I think it's the and right it doesn't way have to, to be about yards after the catch anymore either. Yeah. How about that. It doesn't have to be about yards. After, I mean, yards after the catch is great, but we have a quarterback who can really throw to spots down the field. If guys can get open, this guy can dice people up. And maybe they want to maximize that. You know, the offense goes in shifts. You know, they didn't have the running back featured as so much a part of the passing game when it was Raheem Mostert there. Now they have Christian McCaffrey. Of course, he's a huge part of the passing game because that's the skill set of the players that they have. And maybe they think it's time to change that. I don't know. I would be in support of it, honestly, because I thought there were too many times this season and we saw it in the Super Bowl where the offense just went dry. Just nothing. Why is Ayuk Purdy's favorite target? Because he catches the ball. He can get open against tight coverage and because he can get open. He can get open consistently and Brock throws with anticipation. So that's another word for trust. Hey, man, you're going to get open. So he with Debo, is he going to get open? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. So how can you throw it with anticipation to Debo? That's dangerous. I just feel like if you prioritized route running now, then really you'd maximize Brock Purdy. You don't need a guy. Because the whole Yak Brothers thing was like, look, our quarterback basically needs training wheels. So here, man, like you just throw this little screen and we'll do the rest. That's not the situation anymore. Yeah, they don't need to quarterback-proof this offense. You don't need to no, try and hide your quarterback. that's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. Don't need to do that. 
And yeah. that's what Debo was best at. I mean, mm-hmm. God, you could dump off on a screen and he could go 80 yards and it was awesome. Yep. But you can also get guys that can get open and Kyle's going to get these guys open in so much space a lot of the time that they're, anybody's going to be able to run after the catch. And also, you see how teams are now approaching Brock. Okay, Brock is establishing himself as a really good quarterback. And if you play zone coverage and you you ain't, you're not the best defense in the league. He's going to dice you up because he throws the anticipation and he knows where you are and he knows where his guys are going to be and he's going he's gonna to beat you. So he's going to face a lot of man coverage in his career. And you, you need guys who can beat it. Otherwise, he's going to struggle. I mean, so, uh, Ayu can beat it. Debo can't. Steve can, Spagnuolo. And Kittle isn't even that good of a route runner. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, Steve Spagnolo said that Brock was dicing up their zone coverage so much that they had to switch to man. They had to switch to stuff they hadn't even really done in a while because he was destroying their zone coverage. So mm-hmm. that should tell you when one of the best defensive coordinators of all time, the only mm-hmm. defensive coordinator with four rings, tells you this guy was kicking the hell out of our zone defense. Like, yeah, I think maybe it's the 49ers kind of anticipating that the book is out on Brock. This is what teams are going to do. And we need to skate to where the puck is going. You know, they, they once asked Wayne Gretzky, why are you so much better than everybody else at hockey? And he said, I skate to where the puck is going. I don't skate to where it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's exactly what the 49ers are trying to do. I like that. I never heard that before. But yeah, I would think so. I mean, you understand how defenses are starting to approach Brock Purdy and adjust. And you saw it in the Super Bowl. And Debo was totally useless. Frankly, Kittle was totally useless. Ayuk was underused. Kittle would argue he was he was underused as well. But um, the whole Christian McCaffrey offense, every uh, our leading rusher and receiver, nah, that's over with. It's got to be Ayuk. I'm glad to hear that Silver didn't say anything about trading Ayuk because this organization, trading Buckner was like trading Ayuk. But the difference is they inherited Buckner, and I don't think they were ever as invested in Buckner. They traded This team traded up for Brandon Ayuk. Invested a lot of time in him. Yep. It would be silly to trade him at this point, considering he's only improved and he's elite now. He's everything you wanted him to be and more probably at this point. So, yeah, it's good to know that he's going to stay here. And he's a year older than Brock Purdy. Those two should be playing together for a long time. They have great chemistry. That's true. The uh, DeForest Buckner was a Chip Kelly pick, I That's believe. Right. That's right. Thanks, Chip. He was an awesome yeah. player. He was good. I mean, I, that I, that sounds sarcastic, but really, no, thank you. He was excellent. Uh, yeah. Nick Eller, YouTube channel member. Shout out to all our YouTube channel members. Please become one. It's less than $3 a month. It's a great way to support the channel. You get priority comment response, membership badges, custom emojis. I know some people don't like when I say that, but I'm saying it anyway, just to remind anybody who's new here for the first time. Nick Ellert says, should the Niners look at the Saints blueprint they had with Drew Brees? Top guards because of his size, pass Mm. catching tight end, and a running back, one top wide receiver. That's interesting. I've heard some people say that, Grant, that you need guards with Brock Purdy because he's not as tall as other quarterbacks, so he can't have pressure in his face. Mm. That's sound to me. Logic is sound. The logic is sound. So they may make a bigger uh, investment at right at right guard. I mean, I feel like, yeah, the Saints had a first round. They had Andrews Pete at right at guard for a long time. Wasn't and he a first Jari round Evans. Yeah, they, they had some serious players at guard. I just talked to Drew Brees at the Super Bowl, and he was advocating for Jari Evans for a Hall of Fame. He was like, he was a key part of our offensive line and one of the best offenses ever. So look, maybe it is a thing. Here's the thing. You're never, it's never a bad thing to have as many good offensive linemen as possible. It's like 
having a good offensive lineman always helps your team. It's never like, oh, they have too many good offensive linemen. What are they doing? We've never heard that about any team in the history of football. You can never have too many good linemen. Yeah. Coming back to this topic, it would be interesting if they got away from Debo and brought in another tight end. You know, the one wide receiver, that's IU. You got the, the pass catching running back. Kittle, I mean, he's excellent. But if you could get if you could trade Debo for like another tight end, that would be interesting. Or an offensive lineman. But sort of change the offense a little bit. Because I could really be able to take advantage of a pass catching tight end who could get down the middle of the field. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know, you know why they don't view Kittle that way. Like I feel like if Kittle is hurt by the fact that he's such a good blocker. I really do feel like that. Like, if he was a worse blocker, they would just use him more as a receiver, and I think he'd be fine. But they seem hesitant to do that. I think they've been trying to get a backup tight. I mean, God, Jordan Reed, they tried with him. They've drafted tight ends. Yeah, but then, but then, but then you, but you say that, but then they go empty backfield like 25 times in the Super Bowl. Like, they're not really ho- keeping him in as a sixth blocker a lot. If they did, they might be able to pick up some, some blitzes. So I don't know what the deal is with with Kyle and, and George Kittle. I really believe that if Kittle were on the Chiefs, he'd be getting a lot more targets. Oh, my God. You know, I don't really understand how Kyle divvies up his targets sometimes. Doesn't make oh, sense. I think he divvies them up. He he would tell you, well, I just attack the defense where they're weakest and whoever that happens to be that week, that's where I go. But it's frustrating because that also means that sometimes the other defense can take you out of targeting your best players. Absolutely. You don't want to let the defense dictate like that. But also at the same time, when the Chiefs went to press man-to-man coverage in the Super Bowl, they were sort of inviting you to let Brandon Ayuk take over the game. And you went to Debo. I'll never understand that. But I also won't understand why you didn't go to Debo in the first Super Bowl when he was young and on fire. Kyle just, I mean, if he if he gets back to the Super Bowl in four years, then he'll give Ayuk 11 targets. That's how it will <laughs> Right. When Ayuk is 31. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Murphy asks, does a player swap with Debo still result in a dead cap hit? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. There's pretty much no way around that. If, if you do anything with Debo before June 1st, you're looking at a 20 plus million dollar cap hit, whether it's a cut, yeah. whether it's a trade, which they're not going to cut Debo Samuel. They're, if they move him, they're going to get something from him. They're not just going to let him go. Um, right. So, and that's inescapable. That's, a and that's all because of the, the signing bonus. They gave him a huge signing bonus. And instead of that being, you know, marked against the Niners for one year of their salary cap, it's spread out against uh, uh, through the whole life of the salary cap. And if mm-hmm. you trade the guy early, then all of a sudden it, you got to pay. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's no, you can't uh, escape that basically no. because otherwise that would be kind of messed up. Like you got to yeah. pay these guys what, uh, what you say you're going to pay them. Yeah. Roadhog two twenty eight says chiefs taking trades for Snead. What would you give player and pick nothing? I don't want to make the chiefs any better. They don't <laughs> need the help. They kicked our ass twice. No. Yeah. I'm sort of done taking players that the chiefs don't want anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you tried it. Traverius Ward's great, though, but it just seems like they know what they're doing and don't work. Don't don't work with them. They're a great organization. You're not going to beat them. They yeah, know what I, they're doing. Yeah, no way. I mean, they just kicked our ass with Richie James and Blaine Gabbard. And, no, Jared no. McKinnon. Right, and that's Chet true. Is the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine we trade Debo Charles to the Chiefs, and then he comes back and just plows over it? Like, no, 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 no. Uh, that being said, Lejarius needs a great player. That being yeah. said, Brandon Ayuk made him fall down in the final play. It's true. 
Richie says philosophies need to change to win the Super Bowl. Investing in the defensive line is not needed when holding isn't called and someone smarter than Kyle Shanahan like Belichick who can cover for Kyle's struggles in big games and know the overtime rule. You're That's not a wrong. Good point. They don't Why call do you keep investing in D linemen if they're not going to call holding and you're just going to complain about it? Well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Belichick famously in the Super Bowl against the Rams told his guys, hold every play. Yeah. Every play. They're not going to call it every play. We'll we'll take the penalties when they come. And it worked. And the Seahawks used to do the same thing in the secondary. They would yeah. maul people. And yeah. good for them. It worked. Why would you go away from it if it's working? That's a that's a really fair argument. I didn't I hadn't thought of that, Press but the issue. does you know in the regular season, maybe the, the pressure with the D-line can work because they're more willing to call flags, but in the bigger moments, they ain't throwing it. You know. Is it true that the Chiefs have had zero holding penalties called in three Super Bowls? I haven't actually gone back and looked myself, but that's what everyone has said in the Super Bowls. They have not had a single offensive holding called. See, I could see Kyle Shanahan being salty. Chris Sims said it uh, yesterday that Josh Allen is the most talented quarterback of all time. I could see Kyle th- thinking that Patrick Mahomes is overrated and that it's Andy Reid and it's the league not calling stuff and he gets preferential treatment and that Josh Allen is really like the one, you know, all, all on his own, battling the world up in Buffalo. There might be something to that. I don't know. I know that Kyle, I'll take def- Mahomes. I'll take Kyle Mahomes. definitely respects Josh Allen. We heard it after yes. Josh tore the hell out of that defense. I think it was 2020. I think that game was 2020. Well, he didn't pass on Josh Allen. He passed on Mahomes, so I, it sort of serves him to say that Allen's better. Yeah, I mean, look, if you don't think Mahomes is good by now, I mean, God, what else do you have to see? I mean, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Did anything John Lynch, anything else John Lynch said or didn't say yesterday, uh, did it surprise you? He talked about Ayuk. He he always, when he talks about Ayuk, mentions all the other guys that they've paid and how Brock needs to get paid. I feel like they are really setting up for a long battle with Brandon Ayuk's agent about this deal. Yeah, but at the same time, he said all the right things. Like, he's one of my favorite players on the team and he's super tough and he's got, it was like, Kind of made it seem like, yeah, you know, it'll it'll take a while, but we work these out. So he might sit out the whole offseason, but I don't think he's going anywhere. What I thought was interesting was when he talked about the defensive coordinator. Someone asked, like, do you need to have one to yeah. evaluate players? Like, and he's like, no, not at all. We know exactly what we're going to do on defense. It's like, oh, okay, that's what I thought. So forget bringing in Bill Belichick and saying, you know what, do whatever you want to do. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to bring in someone from the outside and say, run our defense. And if that guy doesn't want to do it, they'll promote someone from within that they're not, that they're kind of lukewarm about. And I think it's kind of a weird thing to do. Why are you so married to this wide nine? Why? Why? So there's all kind of defensive fronts. It's one and it pigeonholes. It, it, it really limits your options at defensive coordinator. It's crazy that you mentioned that first. Here's what Lynch said when he was asked, like, does not having a defensive coordinator change how you evaluate defensive prospects? No, because I think we have a great idea who we're going to be and continue to be and the things we believe in. So uh, is it important? Yeah, sure. And we're working towards that. Kyle's working towards that. Um, and that will come in due time here. But we, we want to be true to the process and learn a lot from it. Uh, identify you know, some of the changes and tweaks we want to make while still staying kind of to our core. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, here comes the internal hire. You know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's certainly not a sexy name like a lot of people hope. But then I saw the quotes he gave to Matt Barrows, 
in the at the column that Matt has in the athletic doing a lot of reading this past couple of days, Grant. And like Lynch at one point starts arguing in favor of Brandon Staley, which I thought was like, why is Lynch arguing in favor of anybody? It seems really weird. I'll throw it up on the screen if you're watching. Uh, hopefully, can people see that? Uh, let me try and zoom in a little more so that people can see it. Here is the line from, oh, that's too big, from the article. Lynch, however, cautioned against ruling out Brandon Staley. He said the Niners will keep an open mind, and he noted that Staley's system is so variable that it had room for a 4-3 front that the team had used in the past. Yeah. He also said he and Shanahan will use the interview process to come up with new ideas for the defense and noted that the wide nine system the 49ers use now was not part of the team's original scheme, but that the Niners figured out how to implement it, and it's been a success. That is, he said, it's possible to stick with core principles while still evolving. Why would John Lynch tell Matt Barrows, hey, don't rule out Brandon Staley? That seems weird to me. Does that mean that they're not necessarily wedded to the wide nine? I don't know what that means. It's it's a like a bizarre thing. Like I had no idea about it. And Steph Sanchez is the one that told me about it when we did our show late last night. And I was like, wait, no, it's what? not what he's saying. They are wedded to the wide nine system. It just means that they can add new things while still maintaining core principles. They're not going to go back. They're going to keep. So they're they're sticking with the wide nine, and they want. I think it's obvious they want Brandon Staley. It's obvious their first choice is Brandon Staley, and their second choice is someone in house. Daniel uh, Nick Sorensen. Nick Sorensen. Yeah. Um. And it's like, okay, you already know what the pitch is to Brandon Staley. Uh, you can you can coach our defense. You get Nick Bosa, but you got to do what we say, and you can't bring any assistant coaches, and you got to stand on the sideline, and Kyle's going to sort of second-guess you, and um, there's a high chance we're going to fire you at the end of the year. What do you say? <laughs> it's not that attractive of a job when you look at it that way. It's really not. That's what so I, I said. Could see uh, like a long negotiation Staley being like, well, mm, I need this. I need this. And you know, the Niners make a pitch late, maybe not. And uh, I just feel like they're going about it the wrong way. I don't like the idea of Sorensen or Staley. I think they should be promoting Daniel Bullocks. I think they should promote him last year. I think what this defense needs is a guy that players buy into and play hard for period. I mean, Steve Wilkes is really smart schematically. I don't think that's the issue. I think you have a very dour head coach who's looking at his play sheet. And I think you need sort of the counterpoint to him in terms of temperament and personality. And that's what D'Amico was. It's what Sala was. And I thought Kyle knew that. I thought he understood that his team needed that sort of energy from someone on the staff. And then he brought in Steve Wilkes. And I was like, hmm. I mean, I like Steve. But Steve's sort of an intellectual. Steve's sort of a thinker. Steve's not anything like D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sala. And then there was, there was a, he wanted to be in the booth. He wanted to be removed. Bullocks is, is young. The players freaking love him. He's energetic. He coached on, for Sala in Jacksonville. Seems like the guy you want to promote. But you want to bring in Brandon Staley? I mean, Nick, Nick, can you just overrule this right now? I'm talking directly to Nick Bosa. Can you just overrule this right now? You have the power. You talk to your brother. Clearly, your brother didn't like him. Just put an end to this, Nick. We need you. I'm sure Nick has some thoughts on Staley because I'm sure he's heard a bunch of stuff from his brother. Like, let's be honest. I'm sure they talk, like, clearly. Now, it doesn't mean that that Joey's not biased against Staley. We have no idea. 
I think the arguments are there on both sides, right? If you want to say Staley's not a good fit, you could say the Chargers defense was never very good when Brandon Staley whoa, whoa, was whoa. The They had talent. They absolutely had talent. They had Joey Bosa, Khalil no, Mack, Derwin James. Like that dude really underperformed and deserved to get fired. No, I'm not, I agree with you. Like, sorry. Yeah. Like, I get worked up about Brandon Staley. <laughs> I guess so. They had talent and they still weren't very good. Lower third of the league in yards and points allowed. But you could also say in 2020, when Brandon Staley had talent with the Rams, they were first in points allowed and sure. first in yards allowed. I'm not arguing one way or the other. I'm just saying there's evidence on both sides to support the hiring. What I've heard about Staley is that he's very, very smart, is that his defense is very variable. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about Brandon Staley. I have no idea if he'd be a better choice than Nick Sorensen. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll ask you, Grant. If I told you that the defensive coordinator next year would make the team third in points allowed and eighth in yards allowed, would you take it right now? Of course. That's the, the thing that's so fired. Exactly. <laughs> that's what's crazy is like, I think under D'Amico, they gave up 16.4 points per game in 2022. And then under Steve Wilkes, they gave up 17.5 points per game. And they fired him. 17 and a half points per game isn't good enough. Okay. So what if the next guy gives up 18 and a half points next year? That would be pretty good, right? Wrong. You're fired. Or <laughs> is, is there even a, a, a fair scale here? I mean, it's not like the special teams coordinator did a good job this year, but he didn't get fired. In fact, Steve Wilkes did an objectively better job than Brian Schneider. But Schneider's still employed and Wilkes isn't. So I, I don't know. I don't know why you get fired or not. And the next coordinator should really think about that before they take this job by the it's way what, what was one of the biggest plays in the super bowl oh that's right ray ray mcleod not diving on a punt trying to pick up and run with a punt and when I asked steve, about it, steve should have told him he was on the sideline when asked about it ray ray mcleod said he didn't regret playmaker. it because he's a playmaker playmaker name a single oh. play that you've ever made on special teams ray ray my god um, Nick Ellert asks, isn't the benefit of Brandon Staley that there's little chance he gets hired for a head coaching job in a few years? It's probably true. I thought the Niners were looking for coordinators that they would, that could get promoted and bring back comp picks. I don't know. Isn't that, do they, is that, they don't want that anymore? I'm sure they, they do. were boasting that they had the rest of the leagues that it wasn't fair. Right. Now they don't want to do it anymore. Owners were complaining that the Niners were getting too many comp picks, which I find Unbelievable, like stunning. Owners got mad that the Niners were hiring too many minorities, essentially. Like what? All I know at the at the Super Bowl, when you would ask players on the defense about Steve Wilkes, they'd give really lukewarm answers. When you'd ask the same players about Daniel Bullocks, they would gush. So you you want a coach that will that knows the system and the players will buy in, buy into. You have them. What are you afraid of? You don't do anything on defense. You call like three coverages and you rush four. What can Daniel Bullock's not do? I don't understand. Richie says if they get Staley, that would be two coaches, Kyle Shanahan and Staley, that struggle in situational play calling and adjustments. That would be interesting. But at least Brandon Staley might be able to convince Kyle Shanahan to go for it on fourth down once in a while. I mean, my God. There has to be some sort of happy medium there between Kyle, who always wants to kick the field goal, and Staley, who pretty much always wanted to go for it. I just think it's funny. Last year, the Niners could have theoretically had Vic Fangio. 
But they're like, nah, 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 you don't fit our system. We don't want you. We're going to bring in Steve Wilkes. That didn't work. Now you're looking at Brandon Staley. He's a Fangio clone. He worked under Fangio. He runs Fangio's scheme. And now you want Staley. And you're not going to let him run Fangio's system, though. You want him to run the wide nine. Like, you, it's not going to work. You don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do but it. The Fangio thing is interesting because if you heard a lot of the stuff coming out of Miami, they, the players did not like Vic Fangio. There were some issues there with Fangio and the players. Um, it, it did not end well there. And again, you know, I don't know where the truth lies. I don't follow them closely to know what the deal was. But Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Javon Holland didn't like him, right? Uh, I don't know about that. The, the maybe. He went to my high school. So I got to take um, his side on this one. When they cut. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey tweeted basically like, I'll never forgive. I think he said something like, I'll never forgive dude for not letting us like use our skills in the best way possible or whatever. Like he's talking about Vic Fangio. That's the dude he's never going to forgive. Like, so I don't know. Hey, interesting. And it seems like Bill Belichick kind of got the same re response from his players last year too. No if respect. Your, if your beef with the Brandon Staley hire is that the Chargers weren't very good, that's fair, but I would say it's a different job. It is a head coach is a different job than defensive coordinator. Coordinators can sit in a dark room all week long, watching film, coming up with a game plan. They don't have to worry about the team hotel. They don't have to worry about practice schedules. They don't have to worry about any of that crap. They can just focus on the scheme. And it's my possible. issue with Brandon Staley is I think it's the same problem that Steve Wilkes -ish, a hire was. It's the, the same thing. The it's outside. a three, four coordinator. And you're trying to talk yourself into him learning your system. Cool. And he doesn't have the temperament you're looking for. The same thing. But, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's really smart. Steve Wilkes is really smart. Yeah, Steve Wilkes was Steve really Wilkes smart. is really smart. So, I don't know. The temperament thing, like... It's a big deal. I think it, sh it shouldn't be, though. Like, what? You need a guy to yell? What? Yeah, you, you need a... A cheerleader? You need big Dom over there? I wouldn't the call it that. I wouldn't call it that. You need positive energy. You need positive energy. And Kyle doesn't really give you that. No. Freaking Wilkes doesn't really give you that. <laughs> no, and Kyle Staley doesn't. doesn't really give you that. So, and, and maybe you, should, you think you shouldn't need it, but I think the defense especially thrives on it. And they were flat all year. And even in being flat, they gave up 17 and a half points per game, but. Yeah, they just, I mean, under D'Amico, was it that they were schematically so far ahead of the rest of the league, or was it just 11 players flying to the ball every time? It was that. I mean, like, but we say, you know, all this stuff about Wilkes and they needed to fire a guy. So are you telling me that the Niners defense could have been number one in both? I mean, they were third in points allowed. They were first but in that's, the NFC. But that's the expectation, right? That, that's why Wilkes got fired, because they, he, they believe he underperformed, which maybe he did. I don't know. So, okay, you fire him and bring in. The white version of him? What are we doing? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it racial, but like, that's what it is. It's the same mistake. It's the same mistake. Don't do it. If you do it, I think you have to have a real dedicated plan to sell to the players. Here's why this guy's not an outsider, you know, like, or, or Brandon Staley has to do a better job than Steve Wilkes did of running the defense that the Niners want to run. You know, I think maybe with Wilkes, but like the Niners defense was really good early in the year too. That's the crazy thing. So you would think like he would have built up a little equity with them. I can't help but wonder if Charvarius Ward holds onto that ball against Thank Minnesota, you. if this is a whole problem at all. Thank you. I feel like Wilkes did everything the Niners asked him to do. Everything. 
and had good results essentially when the especially when the players played hard, got a hell of a effort out of them in the Super Bowl and still got fired. That's a tough one. I have a tough time seeing Brandon Staley doing better. I'll put that one out there. Are you going to do better than Steve Wilkes, Brandon? I have a tough time seeing it. Here's the 49ers points allowed. I'm just going to read off the early part of the season. 7, 23, 12, 16, 10, 19, 22, 31 against the Bengals, and then they went into the bye week. That's save for the Cincinnati game. That's really freaking good. Really freaking good. And a lot of those games he was in the booth, God forbid. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they were always sort of looking to name him. The the scapegoat is your fault. So if Brandon Staley comes in, dude, that's who you are. You're, you're, you're on deck. <laughs> that's the scapegoat. Sorry. I hope you like that. And that's probably why they haven't hired him yet. If I were his agent, I'd be like, look, Brandon, let's think really hard about this one, okay? Because Steve Wilkes and his representation thought it was a great opportunity for them, and now they're really regretting ever working there, I would imagine. Because now his stock is down. He's out of the league. He's wondering when he'll ever get back. So really think about this, Brandon. Here are the Niners' point totals after the bye that the defense allowed. 3, 14, 13, 19, 16, 29, 33, 10, and 21 in the final game of the regular season against the Rams, who they were playing all backups. Really, really good again. Oh, man. I I would feel really bitter if I were Steve Wilkes. Bitter. But that's the profession. You know what's going to happen. And uh, again, whoever takes this job next, you got to go into it with open eyes. The the scapegoat isn't going to be Brock if they don't win the Super Bowl. It's not going to be the quarterback. It's not going to be the head coach. It's going to be you. So you got to really feel like you can put together the number one defense. Otherwise, maybe just take a year off, go to Cabo, kill. <laughs> I've heard Cabo is pretty nice. It's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so this defensive coordinator thing is is interesting. You know, yeah. um, in the article that Barrows has, he talks about how or Lynch I, I essentially talks about how they're using the interview just to learn about the scheme, which is something that Al Davis used to do back in the day. He would interview a billion people just to find out what the rest of the league thought about his roster, his yeah. team, his scheme. Uh, and maybe Brandon. But, sorry, we've only heard that they've interviewed two people. So to me, it seems real clear they want the guy, they want Brandon. And if it doesn't work out, they'll take someone in, you know, from their team. But so they're just gonna. They're just, this is all we're waiting for Brandon to decide whether whether he wants to make a terrible decision. That's what we're waiting for. In the article that I referenced earlier, the uh, Mike Silver article, he really capes for Brandon Staley. He he (laughs) basically says that the smart decision to make the 49ers, you know, a contender in 2024 is Brandon Staley over Nick Sorensen, which it seems like that's who this job is coming down to. I mean, they've admitted that they've interviewed those guys. They said they're going to interview two more people. They haven't even told us who they are. The two names that we got were Staley and Nick Sorensen. And again, you know, Silver's word carries weight with me. And to me, he's caping for Staley. So that means something. It says if the decision comes down to those two, what makes more sense for a team trying to win a championship in 2024? The answer is pretty obvious. For all the grief Staley received during his three-year tenure as Chargers head coach, he's already proven to be an elite defensive coordinator under suboptimal circumstances. When did he prove that? Who wrote that? Uh, Mike Silver. He um, wrote that? How did he prove that? He was a coordinator for one year. 
hired by the Rams after the 2019 season, shortly before the league and the world no. shut down due to COVID. No, Staley's- no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Mike. I love you, Mike. You, you know, he had he was a coordinator for one year. End of story. He hasn't proven anything. Then he was running the defense in the uh, in with the Chargers. Had a lot of talent and couldn't put anything together. He hasn't proven a damn thing. Sorry, he has a lot to prove. A lot. No, you just a lot. Mike, I love you. It's no skin off my back. Yeah, um, but clearly, Whoa, I object to that se- sentence. He's advocating for Brandon Staley, uh, I, which I object to. <laughs> but it's fair; it's his opinion. But I, I think, God, that would be such a bad, bad choice. That someone needs to stop the Niners from doing this. You and I, Nick Bosa, I think we could come together, write a letter, a strongly worded letter, but polite, but strong. And Don't listen, do it. Silver goes on to say uh, Staley's Vic Fangio protege who would retain the Niners wide nine front, likely keeping right. linebackers Fred Warner and Greenlaw in their current roles. He tweaked things on the back end, deploying the secondary and cloud coverages that morph once the ball is snapped, confusing opposing quarterbacks. That's a really specific adjustment you think the 49ers would make with Brandon Staley, Mike Silver. Yeah, I reached out to Mike. I wanted to see if, if he would come on the show because I would love to ask him about that. Like, if that's just conjecture on your part, that is a very specific yes. I can see why they're talking themselves into Staley. He had the one year as a coordinator. We had the number one defense. The Niners want the number one defense. They feel they have the talent for it. He also was a linebacker coach. They want a linebacker coach background. I don't that. think they want a secondary coach background which is what Wilkes was. And so I can, see, I can see why they're talking themselves into Staley. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. I'm telling you, don't do it. Brandon, don't take this job. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. It's the wrong fit for both of you. I'm telling you, call up Steve Wilkes. Ask him what he thinks. I would love to talk to Steve Wilkes oh. now. Oh my God. I would love to talk to Steve yeah. Wilkes. That yeah. would be fascinating. Uh, boxing fan times four says, would Danton Lynn actually be interested being that his dad chose to run off to another organization in a lesser capacity? Lynn is the son of Anthony Lynn. Uh, I don't know if he goes by Danton or Dan. I'm not sure, but uh, Danton Lynn was with UCLA. I think he's with USC now, uh, but UCLA's defense was very good when Lynn was the coordinator there. Again, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him. I didn't even know he existed until Guy Haberman brought him up a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago, something like that. So I can't tell you if he's good or not. I have no idea. How about Daniel Bullocks? That's my choice. This would be my question for you then. You want to keep things the same? You want players to buy in? Boom. Boom. Why then didn't you hire them instead of Wilkes? Or why didn't do you fire Wilkes and make one of Sorensen or Bullocks a defensive coordinator last year? That would be my sure. first question if they go this route. Yep, that's fair. And I think it's clear that they didn't think Bullocks was ready last year, and they don't seem to think he's ready now. He hasn't even gotten interviewed. But going with the experienced guy and Steve Wilkes didn't work. And how did you know D'Amico Ryans was ready before you made him the defensive coordinator? He had no experience. So... I don't understand why the Niners all of a sudden are hesitant to go with the young up-and-coming guy. He worked with Salah, worked with Tomiko. This guy literally worked for both of them. Literally worked for both of them. What are you afraid of? Players love him. I don't get it. I don't get it. That is a question they're going to have to answer if they decide to go that route. Hey, why? what didn't you see from them last year, either during the year or before the season, that you wanted to see that would have won them the job? And what What's changed since then, essentially? And they better have a good answer for it if they go this route. So, okay, he doesn't think anyone internally is ready and he wants to bring in someone with experience but make them run a scheme they don't know. Like, you're setting this defense up to underperform. 
You are. Either let someone, if you want to run what you're already doing, promote someone internally. If you want to bring in some, bring in the best guy externally, let him do what he needs to do. One or the other, man. You keep trying to choose door number three. There is no door number three. That's fair. I, I can't find fault in that argument. If you're going to hire someone that doesn't run the scheme, then let them run their scheme. Thank you. And because maybe... frankly, I mean, let, let's, let's, let's put it the other way, okay? There's some head coach, and they hire Kyle Shanahan as a coordinator in some bizarro world. And they're like, look, Kyle, we do what we do around here. So you get rid of that zone blocking. Forget all of that. You do exactly what we say, but it's a good opportunity for you. What do you he would never take that job. And that's the job you're offering? What do you do? Have some self-awareness, man. You would never take that job because it's emasculating. <laughs> Unless, I don't know. It is. I mean, maybe Wil- Wilkes, you know, maybe didn't have a ton of other options last year. Remember, he's he's suing the league True. for discrimination. Though when you do that, it tends to affect your job prospects if you're trying to get a job in the league that you are currently suing. So maybe he felt like he didn't know. Like Kyle, you've always wanted to be empowered as a coach. Your dad empowered you. You like walked out of Cleveland because it just didn't suit you. You're a very strong coach. Like, don't you want to empower coaches too? I think Andy Reid empowers his coaches. Why are you doing the opposite? Aaron Matsumoto watching on. X says, what are the chances we have one more diamond in the rough within the building? That's a fair question, too. 18% chance on that one. <laughs> 18? I was like an 18.5. 18.5% chance on that one. Who would it yeah. be? Who would it be? I, and you mentioned the linebacker experience. Daniel Sorensen, uh, Daniel Sorensen, Nick Sorensen has no linebacker experience. He All his experience is secondary and special teams. That it, Whether he was in Jacksonville or whether he was in Seattle before that, he has a lot of experience in the Pete Carroll Seattle system. But it's all in the secondary. And they the crazy did... thing is that the, the the diamond in the rough on this team is someone we all know. They just won't play him, and it it, it kills me. But it's number twenty four. I don't get it. Every time they hand off the ball to him, it's like up oh, six yards, oh, oh, six yards. Oh, he got six yards. <laughs> you can't play that guy. He just he's not good enough. All he can do is run for six yards a carry. It's not. It's not enough. Sorry. All he does is run for six yards a carry. He can't play. Can't even be our backup running back. Sorry. You're referring to Jordan Mason. I was. JP. Well, how do you how do you give a guy a nickname and not give him the ball? How about the ball? Keep the nickname, give him the ball. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I thought the Niners were pretty good at running back last year. Uh, yeah. I'm just he's a weapon. Why not use him? I think he's a weapon. Hell of a player. Or let him play for someone. Like, you're wasting his career. Let him go to the Rams if you don't like him. Oh, I don't think that's a good advice. Please don't do that. The Rams don't need any help. They have Kyron if Williams. He's useless. Man. Let him go to your biggest rival. I'm just seeing some more uh, quotes from John Lynch. So for anyone that doesn't know, how it works at the Combine is you have your press conference, and then you have like kind of an informal little gathering after the press conference because everybody's just there in the room the press conference a lot of times national writers will be in there or writers from other teams that want to ask questions about like your staff that is now on their team that they're covering so you don't get a lot of the like nitty-gritty questions so that's why after the press conference you sort of get that i guess lynch was asked about the interaction between john feliciano and spencer burford when Mm -hmm. feliciano basically threw burford directly under the bus Lynch said, I think no one's going to be perfect. And I think what I was proud of is that Feliciano owned his mistake right there. And Spencer knows that's that. Lynch. That's, that's Lynch. a tight group. No one's tighter on the O-line. That's Lynch. I mean, Lynch is the guy who brokered a peace meeting between me and Javon Kinlaw the next day. 
Like Lynch is presidential. I gotta love. I really respect John Lynch. Have I not made that clear? He's great for this organization. Great for this organization. Seth Wickersham had an article about Kyle Shanahan during Super Week that I felt like did not get a lot of pub, but I felt like it should have. I was talking about it. He basically says that Kyle, especially, first of all, early in the week, Kyle's like really negative about like, oh man, how are we going to be able to put a game plan together? I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And then as he studies, by the end of the week, he's like, we got it. Like we're, we're going to kick the hell out of them. But also he's really hard on players and he's really hard on coaches. And a lot of times he is just mother effing people. And it's John Lynch after the fact that has to kind of pick everybody up again. That's the phrase I think Wickersham used. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, don't good cop, bad cop kind of. Yeah. And that Lynch has to kind of smooth it all out after the fact. Yeah. Because Kyle is what you would call insensitive. And Lynch is kind of sensitive. I mean, he understands how people feel. I don't think Kyle cares, but that's, you know, he wants to be Bill Belichick and Belichick doesn't seem to care either. But you need both because as long as it's a game played by human beings, I know what it's like to be in a job that you think you're pretty good at where people above you constantly tell you that you're not constantly nitpick your performance, constantly say you don't have good ideas. I know what that feels like. I was in that job for almost a decade and it's, you don't last in that job. Well, it's hard. I guess you did, but it's hard. And to me, there's a core group of players on this team who sort of escaped that from Kyle. I'm sure McCaffrey doesn't get that treatment from Kyle and Bosa doesn't get that treatment from Kyle, but a lot of players do. And I wonder how Jimmy Ward feels about Kyle these days or Aziz Al-Shayir or certain players who never really got the credit they deserved from their perspective from Kyle. I wonder. He can be pretty harsh, pretty cold. Now you're making me want to reach out to Steve Wilkes. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve, you ready? You want to talk? Nah, he's not going to talk until he's I back know. on his feet in the league. Because if he classy. says the wrong thing, he'll be out forever. That's yep. what sucks about the league. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. If he if yeah. he were to come on and say, oh, they screwed me. That'd be here, the last here, interview here. he ever did. Yeah. Or no, actually, it'd be the first of many interviews he did because he ain't coaching anymore. Right. He would be yeah. analyst Steve Wilkes. Yeah, at exactly. That point. So. Big questions. Uh, we don't know. Daniel Bullocks is supposedly going to interview for defensive coordinator. Maybe Yuri has by this point or at some Good. point this week. Two more external candidates. Remember, the Niners have to interview two minority candidates to satisfy the Rooney rule. So that's something okay. that obviously needs to get done before they make a hire. Do you think we'll have one? But I mean, it's Wednesday right now. Do you think we'll have one by Friday? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no inside sources on this one. I know people have been trying to make some guesses, some prognostications. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like he said they're in no rush. So I'd take him at his word. They have their core principles. They're not going to change too much. And they're not offering a super exciting package to prospective <laughs> <laughs> hirees. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. Let me offer you this job. You can't run your scheme. You can't hire your own coaches. You have to be better than third in points allowed. And, oh, by the way, you have to live in California where the cost of living is extremely high. But you what get you to think? coach Nick Bosa. Right. Bosa may not like you. <laughs> Especially if you're Brandon Staley. Yeah. So what do you say? Uh, I can see Brandon Staley saying, you know what? Let me get back to you on that one. I got to think about this one. I mean, although it's if you're Brandon Staley and you want to stay in the league and you want to rehabilitate your image, right? In a way, he's kind of in the same position Steve Wilkes is in. Exactly. That's what Wilkes thought. And where, where's Wilkes now? Hired. Yeah. Where's Wilkes now? I'm saying, Staley, this could be the end. 
of your of your NFL coaching career if you're not careful. Clickbait Motorsports says, who wants to be Wilkes 2.0? That's the question. That's what the Niners did by firing Wilkes. You made this position like, whoa, what are, what are this? What is required here? What do I have to do to not get fired? That's my first question. Let's right. just put it like that. What do I got to do? When the expectations are at a nine, it's really to Super Bowl to exceed them. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll be here. Here's one thing I can promise you, Grant. It's not going to be boring. This team is never, ever, ever boring. And thank God for that because it puts food on my table. So I am very appreciative of it. The West Coast Cowboys with a little bit more playoff success, but ultimately no rings since the mid-90s. And I think that's Jed York's legacy right now. He wants to be Eddie. He's very much not. But he is very, he's a lot like Jerry Jones. Doesn't talk as much as Jerry, but he's got his team right in the center of the conversation, which is good for us and good for him. But ultimately, it's not Eddie did more. Eddie did more. Sorry. Well, yeah, Sorry. I think that's, that's, you can't you argue know? that at this point. No. It's impossible to argue. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean he can't do better in the future. Doesn't mean the 49ers can't win Super Bowls in the future. Doesn't. But right now, you, you really have no argument. I mean, They've been successful, but they haven't. They're intriguing. And back in the 80s and 90s, they were the gold standard. Now they're intriguing. They're a hell of a story for a lot of reasons. They're flawed. And that's interesting. It is. Flawed is interesting. I mean, hell, the Chiefs were flawed this year, but they won the Super Bowl. Niners are a lot more interesting than the Chiefs, if you think about it. I'd much rather cover the Niners than the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with the Chiefs, it's like the regular season is just like a friggin'. Doesn't even matter. I would hate to cover that team, frankly. It would be it would be my worst nightmare. They're I'll too be, good. Be interested to see what Harbaugh does against them. I'm I don't know. I just think that's gonna be interesting. I wonder if yeah. there might be a little I don't know. I think he's gonna have something special cooked up for the Chiefs. I really do. I'd like to see it too. It'll be interesting. It's a good coach. That's a good team. There's a lot of talent on that team. They're gonna get a big time running back and they're gonna be a whole different team. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. And- and there's a ton of running backs that are going to hit the free agent market. Saquon yeah. may hit it. Tony Pollard, Derrick Jacob. Henry, Jake. Like, it's a good yeah. year. If you want a running back, you can get one. That will be you a thing. It. And you know yeah. that Jim Harbaugh is going to run him 50 billion times. <laughs> to the you need to get Frank Gore Jr.? Please. That would be. I mean, I would. I want either Luke McCaffrey or Frank Gore Jr. or Brendan Rice on the 49ers. I don't care which one. I'll take all three, but I want one. <laughs> And I don't know if it makes sense. It's not logical. I don't care. I want it. You're such a nepotism guy, aren't you? All yep. about nepotism. Sure, why not? Me too. It would be cool. Wouldn't it be cool to have Jerry Rice's kid on the team? I think it would be super cool. Can I be on the team? I have ties. Can you I want to be on the team. Can I be a water boy? Yeah, yeah Please. probably. Players love me. Most. Anyone that doesn't wear 99. I don't know. If, I mean... That was a long time ago. You broke, you brokered the John Lynch brokered. The 91 team. doesn't like me. I'm going to say that. Really? Sure. Oh God. How do you know? I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. I'm a hundred percent positive. I can live with it. He blow, Does he like blow you off when you ask questions or? Oh mean? yeah, absolutely. For sure. The blueprint doesn't like you. 91. He's the blueprint. Eric Armstead, right? He makes him the blueprint. That's his nickname. Is it? Apparently. I didn't know he had a nickname. I thought that was 
a, an album by Jay-Z. Well, I, I'm not a Jay-Z expert, but I know Eric Armstead is called The Blueprint. Hmm. So there you go. I contend that Eric Armstead would have been a Hall of Fame offensive tackle, and he chose the wrong position. Good D tackle. Because he, oh, you think he should have been a Hall of Fame D tackle? I think he would have been an off a Hall of Fame offensive tackle. I still think there's time for him to transition to right tackle right now. Like, do it for the team, man. They need you at right tackle. Come on. <laughs> I was interviewing a dude who worked at Scout.com, and he said that they were going to rank Armstead as the number one prospect in the country, regardless of position, if he went to offensive tackle. I guess he really? played both high school. Yep. Can you imagine huge. him? Six eight? Yeah. God. He'd be so good. Hmm. Yeah. Never thought about it, but I yeah. Think, yeah. I think more defensive linemen should play offensive line, like Kinlaw. You would be an incredible guard. It's what not too late. We need a yeah, we need a like a multiverse, a 49ers multiverse where I guess Eric some real Armstead. talent on offensive line. Come on. I don't know. Just Hopefully saying. they do. They got 11 picks. I don't know that they're going to need. They certainly don't need to make all 11. So I say use them to move up, get a couple offensive linemen, get some defensive linemen. And we'll see what they do. But we will be here through it all. So make sure you like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel and Grant's YouTube channel. If you click the little bell, you'll get notified every time we go live here on the Gold Standard, which is every single weekday for you. Grant, I hope you have just a kick-ass Wednesday. I don't know what your plans are for the rest of the day. I hope whatever it is, the sun comes out and everything comes up cone. <laughs> I'm going to be hanging around inside with my blazer on and my sweatpants. Do this. There you go. All right, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day.